Oh, gosh. Can we start that over, Paul? Start it over. <clears throat> can you ask me my, your question again? Oh, you can just answer it. My part was perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Oh, so this isn't like a video thing? No, no, no. This is just oh, audio. Okay. Oh, so that's good. A, that's good. <laughs> I feel like now now I know you don't listen to it. No, it's, I don't listen to any podcasts or like anything, so... <laughs> I'd be offended, but I'm I'm not. Is it like a yeah. dental podcast? Yeah, it is. Yeah. You're you're on it, so I hope it is. Okay. All right. That's exciting. So Ryan, we got a really special guest on with us today. Who? We have former president of ASDA, current resident of anesthesiology, Craig McKenzie. Craig, how the fuck are you? Doing pretty good, Paul. How are you? Good. Good, good, good. When's the last time we saw each other? Um, I think it's probably been like maybe two years, two plus years. It's, it's, it's been too long. It's been too long. It really has. Uh, had over COVID really put a damper on, you know, me spending time at ASDA while you were the... Uh, well, I guess the IPP? Yeah, yeah. Uh, fortunately, um, most of my big responsibilities were done by the time uh, COVID kind of changed the world. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been too long since we've had some in, in-person stuff, and it, it's nice to finally get back together with, with some friends. All right, all right, awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's move backwards a little bit. So right now, you're a dental anesthesia resident, right? That's That's correct. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, I, I knew I wanted to go into like something kid-related, like pediatrics was what I really thought I was going to do when I got into dental school. Uh, but you know, through through a bunch of different things, I, I found anesthesia. It's a really cool field. It still allows me to work a lot with kids and special needs, and um, there's a definitely a huge need for sedation within the pediatric dental community. Uh, sure. So that kids and patients with special needs that otherwise wouldn't get dental care. Can get it in the in the dental office without having to go into a hospital and get on an OR wait list. So it's a really cool thing for access to care, and a great thing for uh, the patients that pediatric dentists see on a daily basis. Now, is is kind of using it for uh, special needs in pediatric dentistry? Is that kind of like what most dental anesthesiologists do, or is there other kind of avenues? Yeah, I'd say like um, it definitely is region dependent. It's it's practice dependent, but I'd say from the uh, anesthesiologists that I know, my attendings. They're working with probably like, I want to say like 80% uh, special needs pediatrics. And then maybe the other 20% is medically complicated adults in an oral surgery office or uh, doing general anesthesia, deep sedation for periodontists, endodontists, or other specialties within dentistry. Oh, awesome. So what's what's a day in your residency like right now? Um, So residency is insane. Um, I absolutely love it. It's a complete change of pace from dental school. Uh, No dentistry, which is kind of weird, but uh, kind of totally weird, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this year I'm spending most of my time at the dental school. We have, I think like eight anesthesia machines and we see a lot of pediatrics, a lot of special needs. And then we see private practice, oral surgery cases as well. We see some more medically complicated adults for the oral surgeons. And then uh, we see a smaller percentage again, kind of breaking down to what I was talking about before we see a smaller percentage of like endo and pros cases come down as well for like really anxious adults. Um, so that's my first year. And then second and third year, we really dive into the hospital setting. So we're right, right alongside of our uh, medical anesthesia colleagues. 
Um, we're doing full scope anesthesia, um, including a um, rotation at the women's hospital where we learn to do epidurals and regional nerve blocks, which is pretty cool. Um, nice. Cool part of my training. Never really planned to do that as part of my day-to-day practice, though. But it's awesome that we get that training in full scope anesthesia. Yeah, that is cool. So you're you really you do a lot more than just the anesthesia for dentistry during residency. I know when we were setting up this call, you said a lot of your your stuff right now is helping kids to poop. Oh yeah. So uh, <laughs> those are those are our like off service rotations, right? So of course we have to learn the anesthesia, but uh, we need to get a good foundation in medicine as well. Um, so part of that is kids that uh, can't poop or can't stop pooping or can't stop vomiting at children's emergency, which is where my off service rotation is now. Um, so it's it's also learning medicine and um, learning that side of stuff that we might not have gotten during our medical school education or uh, that physician residents are getting during their residency. We're, we're learning that as well uh, through our emergency room rotation. But yeah, a lot of children's emergency room is just like you said, Paul, kids that kids that can't poop. <laughs> well, I think I think uh, Ryan is can't stop pooping the name of this episode. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Craig, you're also co-residents with one of our uh one of our previous classmates right yeah i think i think that's right kira douglas yeah yeah shout out to kira shout out out to kira Kira. and so the real reason we wanted to to get you on craig is uh we've had some questions especially early on when we started our podcast about kind of the role of organized dentistry and if it's uh, worth it to be involved um you know when you get online there's a lot of you know people when they ask a question like hey what does the ada do and then there's like 15, 20 people that, that just want to shout out, take your money. And uh, the three of us have all been very, very involved in organized dentistry. Uh, Ryan and I are still involved with the Oregon Dental Association. Are you doing much with organized dentistry these days? Yeah, so I definitely try to stay involved in organized dentistry as much as I can. Um, it's I, I, it's definitely kind of weird looking at it from a resident perspective, right? You're not. I, I don't feel like I'm a full dentist member yet of sure. the ADA. Um, and then also kind of, it's weird looking into it as a, like a future specialist, right? Um, a lot of people look at you kind of differently within the organized dentistry view of, you know, are you a specialist or general dentist? So it's been fun navigating that. I've been a great state. Pennsylvania has been very welcoming of my involvement as a resident and a future specialist. So definitely try to stay involved where I can. Wonderful. Wonderful. So now let's, we, we started like kind of with your residency. Let's get all the way back to how Ryan and I met you which was as pre-dent Craig. <laughs> oh, so yeah. oh yeah. You were, you were involved with, uh, with ASDA even before, you know, becoming a dental student. So tell us about your pathway uh, into ASDA. Yeah. So I was really lucky to have some awesome mentors uh, going throughout undergrad. Like one of them, Kayla Rowe, she went to, she ended up going to VCU after we were both at Virginia Tech together. Um, and then Alex Mitchell, who I met pretty early on at an Alex. ASDA meeting. Yeah. Great guy. Um, and both of them ended up being national leaders within ASDA and they were both great friends of mine. Um, and they dragged me along to a a lot of ASDA meetings when I was like, you know, a little like 18, 19, 20 year old Craig. Um, and I think, uh, just reappearing at those meetings year after year, uh, making some great friends and connections across the country. That's kind of how Predunk Craig came to be. And even when I, you know, did become a dental student. And, you know, now I'm a licensed dentist. I still get pre Craig all the time, but <laughs> super endearing. And I think it just kind of speaks to that community that we have in organized dentistry of how connected everyone is. It's true. It's true. So when you stopped being pre-dent Craig and you were dent Craig, I guess now you're post-dent Craig or resident. <laughs> um, what all did you do in ASDA? 
Uh, so as a pre-dental, I was, um, I actually, the first time I applied to get involved in national ASDA, my application like wasn't accepted. I was, you know, rejected, I guess you could say for that first position. And I think that was a really good learning moment for me and anyone else out there that might want to get involved and just try to get their shoe in the door. I, I didn't give up. That's that when he ran for national president as a D one, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. National <laughs> president of all of ADA, not even just as the Paul, uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, the first time I, I didn't get any, um, on any councils or anything like that, but I kept, I kept working towards it. Um, I was involved as a pre-dental on the council on membership and then became trustee with you, Paul, my first year. I think that's when we all met, um, mm -hmm. was during like my D1 year there and then, um, ran as a D2 for ASDA president. So that was absolutely really cool. Gave me a lot of opportunities within ASDA and ADA. Um, and gave me kind of an opportunity to advance some of the issues that I thought were more important to dental students. Yeah, I actually met you, uh, I believe, outside of the Enchantment Underneath the Sea uh, annual assessment dance when you truly were a pre -death. Gosh, was that, okay, so that was like, was that Dallas? That was Christian Pierre's year, I think. That was, yeah, that was Dallas. Yeah, I that think was we like dressed up as sushi because we had absolutely no plans for our costumes, so... I was with Alex Mitchell at the time and he had this great idea of like strapping pillows to his back and saying that he was sushi. Um, that, so that was all under, under the sea costume that night. I, uh, I wore a Patrick, the starfish onesie and, uh, no, somehow later that. on, and this is maybe a story for a different pod podcast. We ended up with myself and like, uh, five or six other, other dental students fleeing a crazy club while they were spraying mace everywhere. Oh, so nice. my onesie still smells like mace. Awesome. <laughs> That's definitely See, I, a memory. I wasn't. It, any, it really is. I wasn't. I any wish of Ryan this. was there. Yeah, I didn't get to go to any of this because I I got rejected and asked a lot and then unrejected. Well, Ryan, I think I definitely remember meeting you at like some Chicago meeting at like NLC or something like that, but I can't pinpoint the exact year. Yeah, it would have been NLC. That would have been the year that I was the communications yeah, chair. Right? So that would yeah. have been my third year so 2017 2018 somewhere and, around there. and i do have to just take a second paul to yes. to mention that craig did call me a friend at the beginning of the podcast which makes me super super happy <laughs> well, good <laughs> now you're up to what four yeah i mean sometimes i think i make five don't i make five <laughs> you, you yeah you make five and that's <laughs> whoa no, no more applications, please. So, uh, what what type of things did you work on during your time in ASDA? Uh, so, I think the biggest two issues I think affecting dental students back then, and I say back then, it was really like what three years ago. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. I guess the issues that really are affecting dental students now even are um, the student debt issues going on. You know, dental school's really freaking expensive. I think we all know that, uh, and then uh, the licensure issue as well. Um, we had like asda had a lot of um legwork already done in the licensure realm you know thanks to some of the people we already talked about like christian he did a, a lot of great stuff with the licensure world uh and that's that's kind of what i wanted to keep going with during my year so uh rupali who was the president the year before me started with the coalition for modernizing dental licensure and then we started reaching out to a lot of the uh testing agencies my year and into the year after during sydney shapiro's presidency um, to make sure that there was a mannequin exam ready to go that became very useful during the COVID pandemic so that students could get licensed uh, without the use of a live patient. 
Um, so that's something that I was really proud of. I, I can't say it was like just me or just Asda. There's a lot of different players involved in that. Um, and as horrible as COVID was, I think that change in the environment really changed the minds of a lot of state dental boards and a lot of states. Oh, 100%. Uh, like, you know, different pathways. And like, I wasn't, I wasn't licensed using a live patient. I took a mannequin exam and I'm sure my dentistry skills are fine. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm not using them like at all now, but I would um, totally let you drill and fill me. Would you? Would you? Yeah, you I know, would. Probably take me like three hours, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's funny that you mentioned that the COVID stuff because that was developing, and uh, you know, I, I think I was still involved with something in organized dentistry at, at the time, and as this, so I had a good finger on the pulse, and it was just so cool to see something that uh we we had all like spent a lot of time working on for for you know the entirety of our dental school careers really come into and have a light shown on it and it's like hey this is part of the answer is this thing that we're all so deeply vested in so it was pretty pretty cool to watch that well paul i hope you don't mind me calling you out but i'm pretty sure <laughs> i'm pretty sure it was you when we were in a meeting with the ada we had a joint board meeting and somebody asked the question uh well you know what needs to change in order for uh you know licensure reform to be successful and you were like yeah i think a lot of like you know old closed-minded people just need to move on i think you i believe i said i think a lot of old white people need to die (laughs) (laughs) i didn't want to say that exactly but that's exactly how i remember the quote Um, yeah yeah and and i think or there needs to be a nationwide pandemic i mean i was yeah I think a lot of I think COVID helped a lot of old people change their minds. So we didn't have to go to that extreme. <laughs> I just think that's cool. Cool that you something you guys worked on for a completely unknown reason, uh, or a completely different reason was able to be utilized so that those students could still you know finish their curriculums. I think that's something that doesn't get recognized enough because without you guys, that wouldn't like without your guys's work and the work of all those people you mentioned. Craig, that wouldn't have been a wouldn't have been an option, and it would have been a lot worse yeah. for a lot of students. You know, and, and thankfully, a lot of that's like a lot of the legwork had been done prior to 2020. Like a lot of the testing agencies had already started to develop a mannequin-based exam. The ADA had already started to develop this like DLOSCI, this computer-based exam. Um, like changes were already happening. It was just COVID was kind of the catalyst for all of that, which was great. Um, and I think, you know, ASDA, I mean, I'm not uh, intimately involved in ASDA anymore. I'm not a dental student, but I think ASDA has a great opportunity now to make a lot of those temporary changes permanent. And uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but like, you know, Florida, like very dentally conservative state, they had their own exam until just like, you know, maybe like a decade ago, they just started taking ADEX a couple years ago. And now they're a state that is permanently accepting the mannequin exam. I never thought I'd see that in my life. Um, North Carolina too is, is taking the mannequin exam permanently. Uh, so I think that's so cool that even though it was a temporary change, I think there's a lot of, uh, ground to still be made and a lot of possibility to make those temporary changes permanent. Craig, you're a lot closer to dental school than, than we are at this point. And I'm pretty far removed from it. What does licensure look like in most states now? Is it pretty all over the place or? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, we're in a time of transition. I think when you guys graduated, it was pretty easy to say that you need it to graduate. You need it to take boards and then you need it to like, you need it to take those written tests, the ADA Mm -hmm. tests, and then Mm -hmm. you need it to take a clinical patient-based licensure exam. 
Yep. Yeah, now it's kind of all over the place. And that's unfortunate that it's all over the place because there's a lot of different pathways. But I think we need it to be all over the place to get to where we need to be. Sure. Um, so right now, you need to graduate. You have to take the now integrated national boards. Part one and part two are a thing of the past. It's one exam now. And then um, you need to do some sort of clinical exam, whether that's a mannequin, a patient-based exam, a combination between the two, whether that's residency, whether that's uh, portfolio, which hasn't really caught on yet. But there's so many different pathways to get that clinical component, which can create challenges for new graduates, especially in those first five years of uh practice where we're so mobile. But I, I am hopeful that we're, you know, we're moving towards the day where maybe that mannequin exam is the universal clinical exam. Um, and I think a lot of states are starting to adopt that mindset, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So if you were a, a dental student right now, having the choice of whether to join ASDA or not, like, what would you say to that person to say, hey, ASDA is worthwhile? Yes, I mean, ASDA amongst all of the professional associations ha is the only one that is solely de dedicated to advocating for dental students. So any issue that you have as a dental student, it's an issue that ASDA wants to improve. Licensure, student debt, etc. Um, and it's also 100% student-led. Like, yeah, we have an awesome professional staff of 15 staff members um, at the national level, but, you know, all the leaders, all the people making, like, the day-to-day -day decisions are dental students. And if you don't like what ASDA's doing, you as a dental student can get involved and change that. You can be your chapter president or a voting delegate or a national leader or, or whatever it might be. So I, I think ASDA is an invaluable resource to get you through dental school, not only on those like tangible things like licensure and student debt, but it's also like your, your second family. Um, a lot of us are far away from home during dental school. We're in cities that we're not familiar with. I mean, ASDA definitely was my second family. Um, I mean, these are friends that I'm going to have throughout the rest of my life and as to help bring us together. So I think that's a really cool thing. Excellent. And then kind of, Craig, our podcast, like we focus a little bit on, on dental students, but we really focus on uh, people that are, you know, maybe one to five years out of, out of dental school, you know, new doc in it. Um, For sure. And I think that's when we see a lot of people fall, you know, they're active in ASDA, they come in, they, they do the, the first couple of years in the ADA because they get a discounted rate and then they fall off. Why, why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, Paul, you kind of alluded to it before. There's a, there's a lot of these social media groups out there and uh, like we don't have to name names. There's more than one where there's a lot of complaining. It's, oh, you know, the insurance mm -hmm. companies are doing this. The DSOs are doing this. Um, and there's a lot of complaining and a lot of negativity surrounding the, like, the dental profession and where we're going. Um, and I, I think that's really a problem when new grads are seeing that on a day-to-day -day basis. And might not be totally understanding the return that they're getting for their dues. And let's mm -hmm. not pretend that these dues are cheap. ASDA, when I was a dental student, was like $83, $85, something like that. And now we're asking new grads with $400,000 plus of debt to you know, spend $1,500 a year on a professional membership, which you may or may not think is worth it. Um, so I, I think the big reason is, are you seeing that return on investment? Um, I think that's why a lot of new students drop, or a lot of new dentists rather drop off. Definitely, I, I definitely agree with that. Yep. What are what are some of the big picture things? Because I think it's easy to see the value of like uh, you know your local component. You know, it's like oh, you know, I can go, I, can, I get the camaraderie, I see other people. You know, there's usually CE that you're able to get, but it's like I feel the farther you're removed from, like Ryan and I sit on a, a 
councils for the the ODA. So it's like, we know what we're doing at a state level, but national level, I feel a lot of people just have no idea what's going on in Chicago. So what's, uh, what's going on in Chicago? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the, like the biggest thing and with those Facebook groups too, I think a lot of people think that social media can replace organized dentistry or that it's the same thing. And it's really not. Um, the social media stuff is, again, it's a lot of just bringing ideas out there, but there's not a cohesive way that those social media groups are bringing ideas together into action. And that's that's the foundation of advocacy. And that's what you're really getting. That's what you're really paying for. Um, and I think one of the most exciting things out of Chicago is the repeal of McCarran-Ferguson. So nobody really knows what that is. So let's just dive into that briefly. And that's the idea that only baseball like baseball teams and insurance companies were the only the only exceptions to the federal antitrust regulations. And that meant mm-hmm. that insurance companies could collude to lower reimbursement rates to dentists, but dentists could not collude to better negotiate with insurance companies. And that was a big issue. So that's yeah, something and that I, I think people often don't understand that it's like you look at, you know, 1970, your maxed dental benefit was like $2,000 for the year. The reason it's never gone up is because all the insurance companies can get together and say, hey, yeah, they can let's collude. all not raise benefits. Yeah. So theoretically, um, now that can't happen anymore. And that's a very recent, yeah. uh, very recent update. I think it was last year, but don't quote me mm-hmm. on that. Um, and that was repealed, thankfully, due to all of the lobbying of uh, the ADA lobbyists, but also dentists like every single one of you listening that went down to Capitol Hill, wrote letters, made calls to their congressperson uh, in order to get this reversed. Um, which was fantastic for the dental profession. Elsa, which is the Insuring Lasting Smiles Act, also related to insurance reimbursement for um, like genetic malformations of the like like cleft craniofacial abnormalities. Um, that also passed one of the chambers in Congress right now. So that's I mean that's very exciting, and a lot of that again is due to the advocacy of organized dentistry. So you know, and, and whether or not those issues matter to you or not. Those are the issues that matter to the people that are sitting at the table of organized dentistry right now. And if you're just sitting there and on Facebook or Instagram saying, you know, I wish organized dentistry did this, you know, get involved, right? Like Mm -hmm. make your voice known, because if you're not at the table, you're the one on the menu. You're the one that the insurance giants want to bring down next. So if you're not the ones at the table, um, if you're not the ones preparing what advocacy initiatives organized dentistry is going to tackle next, then yeah, they're never going to talk about them because you as the dentist are never there telling you, telling them that it's important to you. So during your time in, uh, you know, as the ADA, what is uh, the thing that you're most proud of working on? Uh, I think the the biggest thing that I'm like most proud of, and again, there's a lot of people before me that helps make this happen was the licensure stuff. And I, I think a lot of the licensure stuff that we set up really helped dental students the year after I was president get licensed during a very uncertain time. Um, before I was president, before Rupali was president, you know, ADA, ADEA, ASDA, the testing agencies, all of those different players in the licensure world didn't really want to talk to each other. We had very different ideas, whether it was licensure upon graduation, clinical exams, a portfolio, et cetera. All of those different groups had a very different idea of where we need to go in order to get initial licensure accomplished. And that wasn't working. So I'm very proud that when I was president, we were able to sit down with all of the different stakeholders and come up with two goals. And that was the elimination of the live patient exam and universal licensure. Very broad and lofty goals, but it was the first time that all those groups were able to sit down and say, yeah, we agree on this stuff. 
Um, yeah. And I think it was really exciting and it allowed us to make a lot of movement forward. That's awesome. Ryan, how about you? Uh, so I think the proudest moment I had in my ASDA time was the Instagram. That was that was the big one, being the communications chair. We uh, started school takeovers with Instagram, and I don't know if that ever went on after I left or not, but we had like over half of the schools participate where they would start a day and or they would take over the Instagram for a day or the Snapchat for a day and they would post, you know, whatever life was like at their school. So I thought that was a really cool way to show everyone around. One of, one of the things that I love about that is it's like, it's really easy to think like when you're at your dental school, it's like you're on your own island, but it's so nice when, uh, you know, the I, IG takeovers or even a lot of the travel and stuff that, that we did as trustees, it's like you find out that there's some stuff that's just universal. And a lot of uh, the student experience is so similar. It makes you just feel, you know, way more connected and realize like, hey, I'm not, I'm not alone in this. Yeah, I agree with that. And that was a big reason why we did it, because, you know, with being around students from all over the all over the country, started realizing that we were it. it we all had the same gripes and everything sucked the same. Might have been in a different <laughs> way, but it was you know all terrible and. Yeah, everyone was, hates the Perry department. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that was, universal. I didn't know that was uh, universal. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, one of the things that was really cool is when I was on uh, the. Council for Scientific Affairs, they uh, were writing a a letter and it wasn't like I was involved in it. I was just kind of there in the room, but to get uh, rid of the root cause documentary on Netflix and it got taken down and I like feel, feel like I was somehow involved. I was like cheerleader for that. Oh yeah. (laughs) I remember that. Big part of our podcast is we like to go to Reddit and other (laughs) areas and pull questions from people. Oh boy. So you want to help us answer a couple? Yeah, sure. Why not? Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I just wanted to stop in to say if you have ideas for who we should interview next, be it more residents or specialists already, please uh, stop by our Facebook page, Off the Cusp with Paul and Ryan, and hit our WhatsApp button and let us know what you'd like to hear. If you have questions, as always, Off the Cusp Paul, Off the Cusp Ryan at gmail.com. So this one is called can I be slapped if I have a dental implant? Title is exactly what it sounds like. My dental implant has been successfully integrated for over a year, and I miss being slapped during sex. It's a front tooth. Can anyone shed light on this? Thanks. Hell yeah, you can totally be slapped. That thing's in there. Excellent. I'm not a general dentist, though. Should I like pump like pump this to you guys? But no, I I think that thing's solid. Yeah, just yeah, like, I would agree. I mean, you I know, stay up on your advice. perio visit. That's yeah. the important part. Now we also just learned a lot about credit. Yeah, go go slap that number whatever number nine or <laughs> love it, Craig. Do you like to be slapped during sex? Uh, not particularly. But... <laughs> and then Ryan. Same question. Do you like to slap Craig during sex? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Craig might say he doesn't like it, but, you know, proof's well, in the pudding. Paul, we shared a bed with, like, six people in Vegas. Ryan, I don't think you were there, though, were you? <laughs> Still no, I true. was not. <laughs> you know, and what's funny is you could replace Vegas with Portland and probably uh, a few yeah, other places, too. That bed. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we had 10 or 12 in the Portland one. Yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, um, we had to speak, like, head to toe, because... You couldn't fit it side to side. That <laughs> That's was, what she that said. Was an adventure. It's so true. <laughs> and this is what happens. Dental students don't have a lot of money, so we we double up on that bed space or triple yeah. up or yeah. step up. Of 
quadruple up. <laughs> okay, so next one. If I only drink purple drinks for the rest of my life, will my teeth be whiter? I may be stoned out, but hear me. Okay, so we use purple toothpaste and shampoo to make our teeth and hair whiter because toning the colors, whatever, yeah. Okay, so I know drinks aren't the only thing that stain your teeth, but if I only drank purple drinks and water, could the purple drinks like tone out the yellow tones in my teeth? Can I have some of what he's having or she's having or whoever's having? I thought you were supposed to use charcoal toothpaste. I thought that was the proper thing. Yeah, yeah. Black turns the teeth white. I, I haven't yeah. heard of this, but I did like do some research and apparently there is like some purple toothpaste now that's I'm saying serious. that. Purple is for whitening. Dude, people will buy all of that stuff, but they won't go in for their six-month cleaning. I don't get it. We, right. we missed, we missed like, the no fluoride. No fluoride, <laughs> but purple toothpaste is okay. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. Uh, Ryan, I, do you I still have people that are on the charcoal toothpaste? Idea. Do I? Uh, not really. I did have someone the other day tell me that uh, they didn't want their cavities filled because they were going to go oil pole for six mm. months and come back for their next cleaning. Oh, yeah. I and I said... Okay, have fun. We'll fill your cavities in six months. She looked at me like I was not being supportive. <laughs> you're you're going to end up doing those endos. Right. Oh, were, were you being supportive? Like that, that's well, a genuine question. It's, it's money in my pocket, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. All right, last one here. Cold sores. I went in last Wednesday for a crown replacement, and during the process of putting my temporary crown on, the dental assistant rubbed the rough part of the enamel uh, right in right in the corner of my lip, which you don't have enamel in your lip, but whatever. <laughs> uh, a few days later, I developed cold sores in my mouth and read that dental stress can cause this. I haven't gotten cold sores in over a decade, and I'm very annoyed that she caused this to happen. I mean, it's not like the dental assistant gave her herpes. She already had herpes. Yep. She already had the herpes, exactly. I'm really, I'm really confused at what the question was there. I don't know what it is either. I, I think a lot of things on Reddit, they're not really questions. They're just people complaining it's just like have you have you had anybody that you worked on ryan come back and tell them that you gave them herpes <laughs> uh nope <laughs> there we go probably not something you'd admit on the podcast anyway ryan yeah i mean yeah whatever <laughs> it's all out there uh you already craig, proved that craig, no one no one listens to us craig we start this <laughs> craig's craig, like so you... what's your podcast about <laughs> Craig, have you had anybody? Craig, have you had anybody uh, wake up from sedation and say you gave them herpes? I had. I think my most memorable wake up was like a 15 year old that woke up and called me a ginger asshole. Um, <laughs> and and then the mom like proceeded to like give her full sugar Coca Cola on the way out, and I'm like, all right, and that's why we were here in the first place. But no, nobody complained that I gave them herpes. Thankfully, good. Not been a problem yet. And for those of you that don't know, Craig, ginger asshole doesn't really fit. So I'll stand up for you, Craig. Thank you. Thank you. What are you talking about? He's ginger. <laughs> I think he's referring to the second part of that, Paul. Oh, yeah. oh. You disagree? <laughs> yeah. I was like, sure. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. I've also never shared a bed with him. So, you know, <laughs> what happens after dark? Ours, ours is just the back of cars. Uh, yeah, we shared we shared many of Ubers. <laughs> oh, it is so true, so true. I think uh, my favorite bed share thing was the, and I still have a photo of it when you lost the remote control behind, or something fell behind the TV, and you were trying to get it. And I took a bunch of photos, oh, and it looked God. like you just yeah. passed out there. Yeah, you did. You did do that. Yeah, I, I totally showed those to Trudy. Just looking for a remote that I didn't actually pass out there. <laughs> no no you had passed out that's what i tell people no no uh, so I'm sure uh, that 
out there somewhere. Oh, no, no, it's on my phone right now. <laughs> Put it in the show notes of this. Oh, boy. <laughs> so what? what's your trajectory after you get out of residency, especially with, like, uh, I know at one point you were saying, like, you wanted to really get into academics and, like, be a dean. Um, I still think at some point you're going to be president of the ADA, like, what are your thoughts? Well, now that I've aired all of my dirty laundry on this podcast, I don't know if I can do all of that anymore. Uh, but yeah, no, um, academics is still definitely the plan. Um, we'll see where I end up. I'm not really like focused on any particular location. Um, I just kind of want a good school, a good hospital system that will support uh, my career growth. So yeah, academics definitely there. Organized dentistry. I don't know about president of ADA. That's definitely a long shot, but there's a lot of other opportunities to get involved in that organization and within like ASDA, American Society of Dentist Anesthesiologists as well. So awesome. yeah, definitely organized dentistry, definitely academics, but who knows? We'll see. That just so, means you uh, can't probably add like picture in the show notes though. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think that would get you more votes because it'd show you're a human. Yeah. What, what's well, funny I mean, is we think that's the picture that you should be worried about. I, I think <laughs> I have a lot of pictures from when we were dressed as the holidays that uh, are pretty damning. I was, I was a very, um, very well-dressed. Assy leprechaun. I was a classy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I don't know if I could speak for all the other holidays. <laughs> oh, that was a good time. Oh, Easter. Or was it Valentine's Day? I think it was Valentine's Day. Yeah, Rupa is Valentine's, uh, but uh, Karina as as a turkey Thanksgiving was pretty good too. <laughs> oh no, I forgot about that. <laughs> Just wait until people our age are running for Congress. Like, you think we're getting like scandalous photos and scandalous videos now? Just wait until like the '80s and '90s kids start getting into public office. It's going to be bad. <laughs> oh yeah, nudes everywhere. <laughs> I drove two hours this morning to pick up half a cow. Half a cow? Nice what nice. happened to the other? Which house? Uh, the, I think it was the left half. Not really yeah. sure. Didn't ask the butcher. But um, yeah, my buddy runs a, a cattle ranch. So we bought half a cow for them for beef for the year. So we awesome. drove up to near Mount Hood today. And it was snowing like crazy. And people can't drive. So there was accidents everywhere. And it was uh, it was quite an adventure this morning. But. What about you, what Paul? About, uh, what about this you, week? Craig? What's what's your best Shit. anesthesia story from the week? Well, I've been at I've been at Children's for the week. Uh, you're you're gonna have to come back to me on that one, Paul. Paul, what what's been going on crazy in your life? Paul? I've got a, an associate that I'm working with at the moment, kind of getting him trained for another office, so I get to do that thing where uh, I I let him work on a tooth and then I come and I wizard it out in 30 seconds when he gets stuck and I feel like a Jedi. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's my favorite. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think my best moment from the week. So, like, we're the only dentists in the emergency department when we're there. It's like any dental stuff that comes in, they're just like, oh, my gosh, where's the dental resident? Oh, my gosh, you know so much. And it's like, you know how we were just, like, torn apart in dental school and, like, not yeah. treated as humans. It's just nice having people be like, wow, you know things. Please help us out with this. <laughs> nice change of pace. Yeah. Awesome. So what, uh, Craig, what have you been doing, not just this week, but, you know, since residency, like, how do you unwind? Like, what, what do you watch or what do you consume from the pop culture to keep you sane? Um, so, like, before COVID, I think I had, like, pretty good taste in Netflix. Like, I was, like, a big, like, you know, Breaking <laughs> Bad sort of fan, uh, Prison Break, that kind of stuff. I don't know what it was about COVID, but now I'm just into, like, trash TV. Um, <laughs> like, Love is Blind, The Circle, all of that, like 
trash television. So that's what I get into now. Um, big wine fan. Uh, love hanging out with my co-residents. Pittsburgh is a pretty cool city. Lots of lots of like cool breweries and stuff to go to. So yeah, that's that's kind of my life now. All right. Well, I have to go fill a bunch of duck ponds, but I will say hi to the ducks for you, Craig. Send me some pictures. Will do. All right. Love you guys. This was fun, gents. See you guys later. See ya. See ya. Say your prayers, little one. Don't forget my son to include everyone. Tuck you in warm within. Keep you free from sin till the Sandman he comes. Bum 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 bum